0: Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 237, recorded at Big Dog Studio in Eugene, Oregon. Today's show is made possible by... Oh man, that's such a pickup. You gotta try this tiger tea from Sacred Blossom Farms. In fact, if you go to sacredblossomfarms.com right now and enter in REAL HERB, all caps, 15, you can save 15% on your next order. Tell them that Practical Herbalist sent you
1: now here are your hosts. I'm Candace Hunter.
0: And I'm Patrick Hunter. And,
1: and welcome, welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Radio. Well, Patrick, you're just really not in sync with me at all today.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not. Maybe it's maybe it's the whatever.
1: <laughs> Who knows? It's the California wildfires hitting you.
0: Maybe, maybe it is. I mean, oh. I mean, you know, we've got millions of acres of uh, of stuff on fire, and Oregon has got their own forest fires now, and and everybody, uh, Easter, yeah, east of us is going to start seeing it and hearing it or feeling it in their, um, their, air. In their air, yeah, um, because it's pretty bad.
1: We all so, breathe the same air, really.
0: Yeah, we yeah we do. Um, some of us more closely than others in the on those fires. Hopefully, um,
1: hopefully we'll be able to get them put out sooner rather than later. Rather
0: than later, for sure. So, with that being said, well, I wonder if there's any,
1: what? If, if we don't get them put out. We can just keep feeding the the air east to the hurricanes huh. that apparently want to take out the other coast. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, between between hurricanes <laughs> in the Gulf and the East and forest fires, I mean, our, our August and September's are quite active. Yeah, yeah, so, um, definitely. Um, so we had a good chance to to make some fun stuff from Natural Woman, didn't we? Oh yeah, I mean, we did. We well, you, did. You made that that
1: that. <laughs> Pineapple tapache that I didn't tell you I made, yes, I know, and i I really liked it actually, <laughs> better it was better than I expected,
0: yes, but i'm I don't think i I don't like it not I didn't like it as much,
1: uh-huh, yeah, well, mm. I'll, I let you smell it, and I gave you a tiny taste, then I put it in salad dressing, and you liked the salad dressing well because
0: it masked the flavor
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so
1: I think um, I let it ferment a little bit long though. It fermented on the counter for more like it's supposed to be, if I remember right, the recipe says like three days. It's a short ferment like a kimchi. And I think I let it go more like three weeks. Listen. You went that long with it? Yeah. <laughs> I let it I let it ferment quite a while. Wow. So <laughs> Well you gotta try recipes. So out. dear mm-hmm. listeners,
0: know that I tasted it well into fermenting fermenting. It really time, sour. Right. So it could be really good after the three days. Oh, yeah. I'm going to totally do it
1: again. Right. I'm just not going to tell you. I'm going to do it again and it will be fine.
0: What section of the book was that from? Do you remember?
1: It was – I know it was on page 21. So it was the beginning section um, but I can't remember. I don't, of course, have the book in front of me right now because, you know, I knew you were going to ask me something like that. So I left the book at home.
0: Because she does have them organized (laughs) by – I believe by um, systems?
1: Like systems and needs. Right. Yeah. Right. In the beginning, if I remember right, the beginning was more about like just having good preparations on hand for daily care or daily health, gut mm-hmm. health, and that sort of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up discussing also um, her. Uh, um, Mole recipe that was the oh, big yeah.
1: one. That was really good. Um,
0: and you know, comparing to the time that I made it, which was thirteen plus hours, to yeah. <laughs> to her mole recipe, which was much more doable. I think it was. I think I think we did it. It was like under two hours. Even, yeah, that was know. a
1: very fast to make mole, which was good. Cause yeah, mole is really tasty. I did,
0: and I thought it tasted as good as the thirteen-hour bad boy, um, as as that. So I don't think. Well,
1: of, I mean, to be fair, there was a nine-year span of.
0: Oh, I remember. Yeah, you remember. Seared in my memory. And And she had some other really good ones that I I thought were really, really interesting. Um, Like a couple of her coffee recipes were.
1: Yeah, there was a coffee recipe, the one that you were interested in trying. I think that did that one have the cardamom or saffron? No, cayenne. I think it had cayenne. Oh,
0: no, there was a cardamom saffron one. Was it the
1: cardamom saffron one? Yeah, I wanted to try that.
0: And the. um,
1: I think that's the one that I was thinking of the cardamom saffron one.
0: There was a cayenne one too, and i and
1: I, 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 maybe the cayenne cocoa was really good, but I don't know if it cayenne would blend as well with coffee.
0: cayenne cocoa is always good,
1: oh gosh, yeah, yeah, that's... I was shocked how good it was, actually
0: mm-hmm. I can't have too much of it, though it makes me a cup
1: <laughs> I know,
0: <laughs> and that's not any fun having a cup of coffee and...
1: <clears throat> no yeah, <laughs> yeah. no <laughs> not at all i was not at a well. I was at
0: a lunch uh, about a week or two ago and and uh Someone said, "Oh, have this," and I said, "Okay, yes." They said it's a little spicy, and I did, and I and my and my body immediately—I was like, "There's cayenne in there, isn't it?" Yeah. And there was a lot of cayenne, and, and they said, "Oh, yeah, yeah." And I'm like, "Uh-huh," and I just started hiccuping. Yeah. And of course, the whole table was laughing at me.
1: Although this is another <laughs> time where you can say, "To be fair." To be fair. I don't know that cayenne is the problem as much as spicy is the problem for you,
0: but I don't think so because in in most i'll have a lot of spicy food and well seasoned food, and it doesn't do it, but if I have certain peppers every single time it'll do it
1: and it's a level of certain pepper right I mean, like I mean if you get a, a super hot
0: jalapeno. Oh, I'm hiccuping all day. Yeah. Well, not all day, but at least for for while we're eating them. While we're eating them. But I, you know what the funny thing is? You keep eating I it. keep eating it. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
1: I know I've made a good curry when Patrick's hiccuping across the table. Yeah, and I'm sweating <laughs>
0: and I'm hiccuping and, are you okay? Oh, yeah, it's really good. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I don't have to wet my well, brow no. from her. You know, that's not very good then, so. Right. Um. <laughs> right.
1: Yes. Yeah. I'm just looking at you. Like, <laughs> you're staring so, at me like well, you're expecting me to say something yeah. gold. I'm going to say something golden. Something golden. Oh. I really enjoyed talking with Leslie. She's she's a delightful woman to talk to. And I still am astounded that when she was so young, she knew what she was wanted to do with her life. I mean so few of us have that kind of clarity at that young age. I mean eight. Oh, know? yeah.
0: I mean at 8 o'clock, I – I think I wanted to be a fireman. Yeah. Age eight, <laughs> yeah. Know, who you know? Yeah. Oh my God. You know, or, <laughs> right? or an artist or an architect. I don't know. But it wasn't. It wasn't. I didn't know. I mean, most right. of us really have an idea. Maybe that we want to be this when we grow up, like a policeman or right. something, because those are things. But, but um, not like you know. She just seemed like she knew and she was she driven. Knew so much. I mean, much. but yeah. when she was eighteen, I mean, you and I were just being born. I think. If we did the time frame right, I think. Well, you're
1: trying be, to make me old now. No, I'm saying, I'm saying <laughs> that yeah, that, yeah. that I was
0: surprised by um, her age, yeah. and I was surprised by what she was already tackling at 18, yeah. and where I was at 18, right? You know, yeah. and where our kid is at 18,
1: right? You know, to try to yeah. really,
0: you know, look at that and say, "Wow, man!" Yeah. She was traveling to foreign climes and doing all these things and, mm-hmm. and, and finding her her way and. and you know, going into, I believe it was Mexico. Back yeah. Back to, you know, um, and he, you and I are just, you know, just, just toddling around on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know. Um, <clears throat> so for her to know that, I mean, you know, you knew you knew what you wanted to do when you were much younger, but you got derailed.
1: Yeah. I, I ended up going in other directions for a long, long time. Yeah.
0: I, you know, obvi- <clears throat> I don't want to say people, but people in your life. Kind of threw curveballs at you, which prevented you from pursuing the writing that you wanted to do for many years. Yeah, and um, I think that you know, you know, what the interesting part is you know, you you wanted to be a fiction writer. That's something you knew you wanted to do. Right. That changed. Then you moved on to something else, but you always came back to it. It seemed like, and you know, even after getting the degree, you got and. Also, you end up being a writer in a different fashion, being a technical right. writer. But then now you're writing in, you know, a nonfiction sense. But then again, you know, you are writing and you are following what you thought you were going to do anyway. It's just not necessarily in the picture that you. Oh that yeah, you saw. when I
1: was when I was like ten or twelve years old, I had this dream or this vision—not dream, dream—but like this idea that what I wanted to do was grow up and be a professor, probably of English. Mm-hmm. That way, I could justify spending my non-work hours as a fiction writer, which would then contribute to the work because I knew that the professors have to publish and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know what it meant, but I figured if they have to publish, well, I would have to publish I should publish fiction because that would be fun. So I should actually do something fun with my writing. And that teaching other people about English, that would probably be fun too, so... And besides that, teachers have all these short hours because, you know, in my 12-year-old mind, you just had to show up, teach your class for a couple of hours and then go home because hmm. that's what I thought professors did. Don't they? Okay. Well, Summer's off. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have a lot of angry professors writing in to school you on what it is actually like to be a professor. <laughs> but... Right. but Suffice it to say, as I progressed through my university career, I realized that I had a very low tolerance for having no money, and I had a capacity for doing practical things with the skills I had, and since I was a writer, I could write, and I could be practical about it. I went out and got a job as a technical writer, because that was the best-paying writing job available to me at the time. So... (laughs)
0: Well, yeah, that is true. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, you excelled at that. Uh, now you write for The Practical Herbalist. But you yeah. also have done some fiction work. I mean, you've written stories. I mean, the most the one that I think that's great that you marry both um, the nonfiction and fiction together is Herbalism for the Zombie Apocalypse that you wrote.
1: Oh, yeah. That was you know? fun. <laughs> and I think
0: that's volume one. So <laughs> yeah, it's volume there's, one. There's and... a lot of demand now for volume two. <laughs> right, there <That's> is. You <laughs> left a huge cliffhanger, by the way. So. No spoilers for people that want to read it. Uh, and it. But it is available on Amazon, by the way. Same as famous plug.
1: Yeah, part of why I wrote that one the way I did was that for me, learning, remembering pieces of information and data is a lot easier when there's a story around it. So I thought, okay, I'll write this story in which the main character is using herbalism as a key piece of what is happening and mm-hmm. healing and events in the story So it's easier to really understand how to apply. I mean, it's easy to remember how to make a tincture of sage leaves. Right. Right. But in the moment, and this was an area that was challenging for me when I moved from being totally not an herbalist or, you know, organic or natural in any way into trying to care for my family more like the way Leslie Korn would suggest, you know, with lots of herbalism and that sort of thing, making the jump. It was hard. You know, when my kids got a fever, the first thing I wasn't thinking of at the time, I wasn't thinking, oh, let's make some yarrow tea for him. Let's get some elderflower. Let's do this. You know, Mm -hmm. I was thinking, oh, my God, the temperature says 105 degrees Fahrenheit. That's way too high. Oh, my God, is he going to die? I've got to call the doctor and I've got to use the, you know, the prescription medicine or the -the over-the-counter medicine that the doctor says to use because my first instinct was drop back onto all the teaching that I had things I had learned through my non-herbal years and I was afraid so when you're afraid and you're not sure it's easy to fall back onto the old instead of going to the new and so that was part of why I eventually I did you know find ways to get my you know make those make those breaks the universe offered me opportunities and I learned And I thought, well, it would be easier for other people if they've got some stories in their heads that in which someone who has no choice is making an herbal choice, Mm -hmm. you know, it shows you how to do it if you have to. So I figure that might be yet another way for people to think about or remember. It's another avenue for teaching.
0: Well, yeah, because if you, I mean, how many things have you picked up reading a book of fiction that we -hmm. we remember um, and it's like. Darn it, they taught me (laughs) some.
1: Yeah, right? Well, that's one of the things I liked about Natural Woman too is that she includes a lot of stories, um, small ones, but stories from her life and from experiences that she's had that are around many of the recipes and practices she suggests. And that kind of, for me, that helped connect the herbalism And the practices and the plants with actual, practical, real life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one thing to say, oh, yarrow is great for deep wounds. Uh, But when you have a giant gash, you know, pulsing blood, do you think, let's run around and find some yarrow? You know, (laughs) But if you've heard the story about, you know, someone who's an actual real person, modern, not Achilles from like the Greek mythology and not the real Achilles from the actual Greek wars, but... (laughs) You know, real modern person, <laughs> and they say they use DRO and it actually really worked. It's a lot easier to take the risk right, right now.
0: Right. And having that, I mean, well, not only using it, but then having it in your first aid cabinet, if you will. Yeah. A having of it. Doing things. I mean, a lot of people mm-hmm. don't think about that, but it is available and easily used for those types of things.
1: Oh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah especially. So yeah, that was, it was a great conversation. It was,
0: it was. Um, So I think that she keeps, she keeps you engaged. There's tons of recipes. There's even more that I want to try. So even though the book says natural woman, um, I don't think it means for women. I just mean.
1: More like natural human. Right.
0: (laughs) Everybody can benefit from it. And uh, like I said, there's a lot of recipes and stories are really good, so I do recommend um, picking up a copy, taking a look at it.
1: Yeah, you know, I know we're going to talk about herbs in the news in just a moment here. One of the things about that I what we talked about the Rue last um, last week with her, you know, we were talking yeah. about that and talking about what I what she had in the book and stuff, and that to me that was like when when We're going to be talking about oleander in a moment here. And when that arose in the news, Mm -hmm. it right away made me think about the rue and about how frustrating it can be when we're not as a society respecting our herbalists and people, you know, traditional healers who know about these things and instead are just saying stuff that maybe has been scientifically studied, but we're not qualifying it with all the many, many conditions under which said scientific study might have properly worked. <laughs> right. So, I was really especially in the context of COVID and all the things that have been coming up over the, mu- the last few months. I mean, it isn't just the most recent news article, you know, about which herbs do or don't work and how they work and, you know, all of that. I I really appreciated her tackling one of the ones that's often been vilified and considered dangerous. And poisonous, when in fact used properly, rue isn't da- necessarily dangerous and poisonous. But it is one to be cautious with. Mm-hmm. And one to be, you know, respectful of.
0: It's funny, Keith. When you every time you say rue, I don't think of a plant. I think of the the oil and flour mixture that you use for thickening up stews. And, stews. <laughs> right. and so every time I get rue, I think of that. I don't, yeah. I don't think of yeah, that, the I, Cajun rue. Right. I don't think of the herb. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Always with the foodies.
1: Yep, yeah, always with the food, you.
0: One of the benefits of the Herbal Nerd Society is getting custom content written for you every month. Another thing that you get as an Herbal Nerd Society member is the ability to say what you want to hear in our herbal conferences and those herbal articles. You also get an ad-free viewing environment for the practical herbalist. Join today at theherbalnerdsociety.com. So uh, is it da, 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 time for Herbs in the News?
1: Yeah, I think It is.
0: OK, so something big and crazy happened in the last two or three days with – or last week even with um, with Oleander.
1: Yes, Oleander of all things. We've like long known that Oleander is pretty poisonous. It's even been – like in fiction, there's a
0: – Isn't there a book called White Oleander? Yeah, White Oleander and it's
1: about murdering someone. I mean the book is it's – a, it's a very complex and richly layered story. But sure. But it's about, ultimately, death by oleander, you know? Right. So, you know, death and oleander, really closely tied.
0: Right. Pretty flower, deadly
1: result. Yes, yes. And um, while I don't really necessarily pay a lot of attention to the news because I find it very upsetting, you do, Mm -hmm. and I was somewhat shocked when I found that the—you said that the leader of our nation— Suggested that we should be using oleander to treat COVID 19. Well, COVID-19. It's, not, it's not
0: oleander specific. It's a derivative of it. And it, he was asked during a press conference and didn't, you know, he doesn't know anything about it, but he pretended he does, like all things. He, he never admits he's wrong or doesn't know anything. Um, but to be clear, it's not a, as of right now, there is no medical evidence that shows it is a treatment for COVID 19 at all.
1: The derivative, the scientific, the molecule that they're studying. Because that's essentially what it is. They're studying a molecule. They're not studying the plant. They're not studying all the constituents. They're they're looking at just one chemical that's in the oleander plant.
0: Right, right, exactly.
1: So what they are talking about, or I think what our president was referring to, was the chemical – Chain the, the, a single constituent or a single molecule that is found in oleander. Mm-hmm. And they're calling it oleandrin, which is, I assume, the name of the molecule. So uh, that might be the name of the drug that they've created from said molecule. Yeah,
0: it's a biotech company, at Phoenix Biotechs, I think. Mm-hmm. And what we really have to get across is oleander, for the average person stay the hell away from it. Don't oh, yeah. use it, yeah. don't drink it, yeah. don't take it, don't get a supplement from it, yeah. don't make anything from it, don't do anything from it because it could have dire consequences. It just, yes. It's no even question. Yes, that.
1: and the article that we're actually going to be referencing or we are referencing is the American Botanical Council um, put out an article entitled, American Botanical Council warns consumers about high toxicist- toxicity of oleander. Right, And it's, um I think it would be a, classified as a press release, but I'll put a link to it. Yeah, put a link no. to
0: it. Like I said, it's just one of these things where you're going to hear yeah. that it might be a a treatment for COVID. It's not, not now anyway. And right. And just because you heard that doesn't mean that you can't, you don't want to save money or save time or do what people did when they heard about hydroxychloroquine and it came from uh-huh. fish aquarium stuff for clearing aquariums or whatever and people took that and they died.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, Just don't, that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about was the fact that a lot of times the people who are in... I mean, obviously, it should be obvious to most people that President Donald Trump doesn't have any actual scientific background nor is he a doctor in any way to the best he, of my knowledge and he certainly has no license to practice medicine and has no training in medical anything as far as I know. I don't believe any part of his career has had anything to do with health, healing, wellness, any of that. He's done many, many, many other things, successful or not, but none of them have to do with science or medical. So he would not be the expert you should listen to when it comes to what supplements or plants to take, what foods to eat, that sort of thing. You, you probably should, like, maybe you listen to him, but you should probably look to scientists who are actually studying this stuff, herbalists who are actually working with this for the lowdown on whether you should or shouldn't and what it is and what the consequences may or may not be. Right.
0: You know, there's a saying, you know, trust but verify. Yeah. So you could trust what he's saying, but verify for your own ideas what is the truth.
1: Right, right. And, I mean, with, with this particular one, you know, we talk about pharmaceuticals having side effects. They don't have side effects. They have effects. They are all effects. That's the effect of the pharmaceutical. And the effect of Oleander is death. That's one of the effects. It may do other things too. Maybe it is antiviral. I don't know. I haven't studied it. I can't tell you for sure. I mean it could be antibiotic in that it's killing whatever biotics or life might be there. That would be death. But
0: it's kind of killing (laughs) all of it.
1: But it's killing all of it. It's it's antibiotic completely unharnessed. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it will kill the virus that's in your body because it kills your body. Your body – the virus needs your body to survive so – Right. You know, but, I mean, the reality is, yeah, oleander, no, deadly. If if it's always been a deadly plant, it's not going to not be a deadly plant. Don't, 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 don't use it. Don't do it. Plant it in your garden for the beauty of it, but don't take it. <laughs> don't ingest it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Well, there you go. New yeah. No new COVID treatment. It isn't the thing. It's really bad. Don't, don't yeah. you know, stay away, stay away, stay away. Yeah. All and right.
1: I mean, you certainly can watch the company that's doing the science and see what they do or don't come up with. Oh, absolutely.
0: But, but right I, now, I suspect
1: no. Phoenix, Phoenix Biotechnologies is quite a ways away from being able to let whatever they're doing out into the world market. Exactly.
0: So, so with that, put, put a nerve on it. On it. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem.